From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, welcome to another episode of our radio program. Tony and Jen Bruski joining you, and of course, uh, thank you for joining us wherever you may be. Whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, please press that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Give us a little star action there if you like the show. Some reviews, all that helps us put together a better show for you every single time we release one of these little episodes of Real Ghost Stories online. And of course, we need your ghost stories. That's what helps fuel our show. You can call it at 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, or you can just write in your ghost story. Go to our website, Real Ghost Stories Online, and click that Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. We got a ghost story. Yeah, we, we do. We got a ghost story since uh, since the last episode, and kind of kind of creepy. Uh, and and I just heard the beginning of the backstory of this today. I had no idea this this object uh, had never done anything in the past. Well, I didn't either until I talked to my mom about it. Oh, really? No, this was all news to me as of today. So this was one of those where the parents go, oh, yeah, we knew it's been doing that forever. We just didn't want to tell you kids. Well, Type deals? I don't think she really put two and two together until we, we talked about it today. Okay. All right. So what happened? My mom has, well, she had her bedroom furniture when she was growing up and passed it down to me, and it was mine when I was growing up, and now... It's kind of split between our, our two daughters, but there's a desk, and the desk is actually in our bedroom. And it was kind of an odd piece. It it went with the furniture, but it, it, it was bought at a separate time. It wasn't the exact match anyway. So it's in our room, and we have this little coffee machine sitting on it. And every morning we get our coffee, and for whatever reason today... Um, after we both got our coffee, I came out of our master bathroom, and the chair with the desk had been pulled out like somebody was sitting in it like all the way out and you could you could make room and, and get down and sit down there and it just was odd because neither he nor I ever pull this chair out when we're standing there there's no reason to we never sit down it's not a comfortable chair honestly um, so I asked him if he did that and he said no and I showed him that it was pulled out I didn't do it both the girls were asleep yeah, because uh, quite literally, I came in here, uh, and I had made my coffee, uh, and it's you press the button, you make your coffee, and I came in here, just sat down at the desk I'm sitting at right now. You were in the, the master bathroom, and then I hear I, uh, her in the other room going, did you pull the chair out, Tony? And I don't know what you're even referring to at the moment, because I'm not even thinking there's a chair in there. Well, here's I'm like, oh, there's that desk. No, I, I mean, I knew exactly where I was standing making the coffee. I was right. There's no reason to pull the chair out. And and it's not a big deal to pull a chair out, other than I know it's something neither of us do. Yeah. And he's like I am. If he pulls a chair out, he's going to push it back in before he leaves the room. So I just thought it was really odd. And... You know, after doing this show enough, just about every little thing creeps me out. So that's why my mind went to the dark side immediately. I thought, okay, because for one, I did not hear the chair drag across the carpet, nor did I hear either of the chair legs hit the side legs of the desk, which you always do whenever you move that chair. It's yeah. a very snug fit. You always bump I'm it. I'm kind of surprised by, you know, that there was, we didn't hear any, because the door was open, this door was open as well, and it's, you know, all of eight feet away from me, right here from where we sit, across the hall in the other room, and I'm surprised we didn't hear it. 
So, anyway, it's I've a very, had... very uh, meticulous ghost when pulling the chair out. I've That's had this hidden... desk in my room just almost, every, you know, almost my whole life. And when I would go to school when I was a kid, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I was very lucky, and she did a lot of chores for us. Um, and she went... She would go into my room and, and, you know, make my bed and stuff. And I always thought when I got home from school, when the chair was pulled out, I always thought she did it because she thought it looked better. <laughs> so I asked her about that today because I never thought of that. I never thought anything of it until I told her about the chair mysteriously moving on its own. And she let me know she never went in my room to pull the chair out. And then she went on to tell me that when she had it as a kid, the chair, the desk was in a corner and the chair was always out. But she didn't say whether or not she left it out, but she just said that chair was always out. Makes me wonder if my grandmother was doing the same thing or if it was just it liked to be out. So it kind of freaked me out. I kind of want the desk to go live in the garage because of the sentimental value. I can't get rid of it and if that's the only thing that happens then I guess that's the only thing that happens but it still scares me I wonder how often that is where there's just a uh, I mean if that's all it's doing you know where, where the haunting really is is simply contained to an object and that's it and that's just the object does the one thing it's like a, a party trick you know it's like yeah Okay, and there's nothing else goes on. Never, there's no entity or that ever appears to anybody. It just moves a chair. It's all it does. It's so and it strange. stays with the one object. You know? But my mom cracked me up the most because when I told her about this, and I said, "I'm I'm putting the desk out in the garage. I'll put a sheet on it. It'll be protecting everything about the desk." And she goes, "No." In her text, she says, "Just a mischievous little desk." <laughs> it's like a desk should never be described as mischievous. Your furniture shouldn't have a personality of its own, really. That's not no. usually the uh, not beyond point. a decorating per- decorating personality. This weekend at Ashley Furniture, mischievous desks. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe what these desks can do. No, I'm not making fun of her. I just no. I I understand the sentimental value there. I'm not going to get rid of it, but I am going to let you guys know if the chair moves again. We're burning it. No. No. <laughs> We're blessing it and burning it. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm fine with it until the chair starts floating around the bedroom in the middle of the night. And uh, I know this is a very minor story compared to a lot of the ones we get. But there you go. But yeah. We got one. There you go. We got one. <laughs> so, there you go. The mischievous chair. Phone number to call with your real ghost story is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, or, of course, tell it to us on our website, write it in at uh, realghoststoriesonline.com. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jen. Um, I am the one that called about, I'm sorry, Rodan, about uh, two weeks ago about uh, my family's house being haunted with the guy that killed himself. Um... I actually am here right now, and I have weekdays off, so, uh, you know, my parents work Monday through Friday, but my mom has always been a stay-at-home mom, so on my days off, I usually just do things with her since I'm getting married and everything. I've been coming over to the house to do a lot of wedding stuff, and so uh, my parents have three dogs. They're small. Uh, they're called Bichon Freezes, and they've been known to be sensitive to paranormal activity as well. 
So I just got here about 10 minutes ago, and the reason I wanted to call in so soon is because, uh, you know, I didn't want to forget the details because it's freaking me out. So I'm outside right now until my mom wakes up, but um, I was sitting on the couch just playing on her iPad, playing a game, and I look up, and all the dogs are staring in one direction, and I yelled out, who's there? And as soon as I did that, they looked at me, and they looked back in that direction. And so I said again, I was like, who is there? And nothing. So I said it again. I was like, this is the last time I'm going to ask you, who is there? And as soon as I did that, um, they were staring right in the kitchen because the way the house is set up is uh, their living room is connected to the kitchen. So it's kind of like all one room, but it's separated. Um, so they were looking in the area of the kitchen where the fridge is, but right next to the fridge is the broom closet. And so when I said, okay, this is the last time I'm going to ask who is there, the broom in the broom closet moved. And it wasn't a loud move. It wasn't, um, you know, dropped. It wasn't doing anything. I could just hear the metal of the stem of the broom move. So I went over there, and it didn't move. Nothing happened. Um, you know, so I sat back down. And as soon as I did that, the door actually opened by itself. I didn't see it do that, but as soon as I sat down, I had a clear shot of the view of it, and I know I closed it. I know I did, because it has to latch. So, uh, thought that was a little weird. Well, I out right now. So I'm outside on my current deck, drinking some coffee, waiting for my mom to uh, wake up. So that is what happened. And like I said, I wrote in before, so kind of like an update. So thanks. Bye. Thank you for calling in and sharing that uh, real ghost story. That recent to when it happened. That yeah, I'm I'm. That's amazing. <laughs> I it's what's so neat about being able to do this show like this because no one has ever done a ghost show like this before. In the past, it was you know it was radio where you had to do it. You know, here's the set time of the radio show, and uh, you can call in during the set time of that radio show, and if you miss it, you miss it. With our show, you can call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you got something going on right as it's happening or just after it's happening, you can call and tell the story. And that's never been an option in the past with the ghost story. You have to wait till Halloween to call into some show to, right. to tell your ghost story. So here's what I suggest to everyone. If you got uh, you know, your smartphone, put the show's phone number into your phone. And then, when something bizarre happens to you at 855-853-4802, you call. Or even, here's what I would love, in the midst of it going on. I want to get the call and get the play-by-play from someone as the weird things are going down. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. So, if you're someone who has a lot of paranormal things that happen to you on a semi-regular basis... Put our phone number into your phone. And then, when something starts happening, take it out. Call us. Give us a play-by-play of what's going on, as it's going on. That would be really neat. Yeah, it would. I mean, obviously, we don't want to encourage yes, things. Yes, we do. No, we don't. No, we're not encouraging. We're not encouraging the haunting. I'm saying if these things are just going to... If they're going to happen to you, they're going to happen to you. You might as well call in and share it with someone. I remember her story. If I remember... Right. She's she was telling us about um, himself in that house's basement and the they have a moaning down there sometimes and okay. a lot of negative energy. 
in the basement. Okay. So. Yeah, that would probably bring a dark spirit up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why the broom closet's the choice, but. I don't know. Maybe he wants to clean. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's it. Or just wanting, sometimes you know, the actual object that is in question or that's that's being manipulated really has nothing to do i think with whatever the case is sometimes it's just that's where the energy is fit i think probably trying to figure out a way to be manipulated and it's the easiest thing to move you know a broom hanging already kind of there probably doesn't need a whole lot of energy pushed at it you know wind would be the next thing that would move it mm-hmm. so it's probably an easy thing to manipulate to let the human know hey i'm here Right. Probably a lot less work than pushing something across a counter. Or, although, if he did open that door, that's, you know. It's pretty, but again, it's kind of a hinge type good. thing. Probably not super difficult if you're a ghost. But I don't it know. latched. It's a latched door. Ghost has got some power. He does. 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story to share with us or click tell us your ghost story. Real ghost stories online. We would love to hear... Your real ghost story. Let's go to a letter. This one comes to us from Keitha. Keitha writes in, Hello, Tony. At first, I was not sure I should bother to write a call about my stories. I've always been met with laughter and a raised eyebrow when I told them. After listening to your show, I felt this would be the place to share my stories. Well, thank you so much for writing in. This is the place to share ghost stories. Uh, try to meet it with as little judgment as possible. Just... I want to talk about it and kind of, uh, you know, pick these, these stories apart and try and get to the bottom of whatever they are. Continuing on, as a child, I've always seen strange things and would tell the adults in my family about it. But of course, it was chalked up to a child's wild and crazy imagination. Well, I learned to just keep things to myself. I won't go too far back, but I'll start with my teen years around the age of 15. I used to live in a small apartment complex... And all the families within the tiny community grew very close, as well as the neighborhood children always playing together and attending the same schools. So naturally, we knew each other's personalities. One evening, as I sat on my couch watching television, there was a frantic knock on my front door. When I opened it, it stood two feet. Two, when I opened it, there stood two of my friends. They were brothers, looking pale, breathing hard, and stuttering to tell me what had just happened. I got them to slow down and speak one at a time. The oldest brother began to tell me about them taking a walk down a ditch area very close to our complex. Now, keep in mind these boys were a few years younger than me and very active. The ditch connected to a canal that ran through a major street and several short cuts to just about any side streets in that area, so we all have walked down in a time or two. Well, the story was that there is an old lady they encountered in the ditch. At first, they could not see her. They just heard her. She was pleading for someone to help her, so the boys got closer and called out to her, Hey, lady! Ma'am, where are you? She never really replied to them, just kept calling for help. The boys followed her voice and came to a chain-link fence. It was hard to see anything because brush had overgrown on the opposite side of the fence. It grew quiet, but they knew that they were very close to where the voice was coming from. They continued to squint through the brush, trying to see if they could make out her whereabouts, but saw and heard nothing else at that moment. 
The younger brother leaned in to the fence, grabbing it with both hands. The lady then popped up and out forward, grabbing the boy's hands with her and squeezing them. She said one more time in a not-so-sweet voice, Help me! Right after the last help me from the lady, she lunged forward with her head turned to the side and tried to bite them. The boys struggled to get her to let go, eventually succeeding in running back home. Only their mother had their front door locked because she had stepped out to the laundry room. So the next best thing from them was my house. They told me she was dirty and unkept looking elderly woman with ragged clothing and icky teeth. At first I laughed and thought they were just playing a trick trying to scare me, but the look in their eyes was so different from the usual bright pretty blue. They were dark like their pupils were wide open and they trembled as they came into my house to wait for their mom. Time went by after that incident, but they never spoke of it again, and they did not go back down to that ditch either. This is where my experience comes in. I had a very good friend that lived in the other end of the ditch, opposite of our side of the major street I mentioned earlier. She was having a graduation party, and I was invited and welcomed to bring a few friends with me. It was my boyfriend, which is now my husband, my male cousin, whom also lived in the same complex, and myself that attended the party. We were dropped off by my mother and my aunt who was to pick us up after she got off work. The party went on with no problems. Everyone danced and had a blast. To this day, it is still one of my favorite party moments in time. As the night grew late, we contacted my aunt to see if she was off work yet or getting close to clocking out, but still had more time, at least a half hour. So, used being, used being big shots, we told her that we would take a shortcut and walk home. Yeah, the ditch. And this time, I had forgotten all about the story of the ditch lady and had no worries about the walk. Besides, I was with two guys that stood over six feet in height and what could possibly go wrong. As we approached the canal entrance, there was a side profile of a woman standing by the railing facing the traffic where anyone could see her. So I thought. She was an elderly woman with a clean blue sweater and tan pants. Her hair was short but combed in a pretty feathering backwards. Odd that an old woman would be in that area at that time of night, but we were young and didn't think too much into it. We didn't mind her at all. We got right up to her and she looked at both guys, began to walk backwards with her hands up and said, Please don't hurt me! My boyfriend assured her and she, he would not put his hands on her and hurt her as we began to pass her and enter the canal opening to walk home. She stood there very quiet looking down at the ground. We had gotten fairly far away from her when we heard her yell out, Help me! A chill ran down my back as I looked behind me to see why she was yelling. There were four large street lights that lined the opening of the ditch area before there were no lights at all. We'd seen her standing in or under the first light when we first turned around, and all three of us seemed to be frozen as we did not see her walk into the next light. She just appeared there, and then the next, and then the final light. It was like a movie. The spaces between the lights were good distances from one another. There's no way she could get to the next light within seconds, the way she did. At the final light, she put her body into a running motion. We did not wait to see what happened next. All three of us began to run as fast as we could and scream like little girls in an amusement park. We took the shortest route to a side street to get out of the ditch area. After returning home, out of breath, we sat outside my aunt's home and really didn't say a word to each other for a while. I think we were all trying to soak up what we saw and how we felt. Just then, my aunt's car's headlights hit us. She pulled up 
and asked, How did I miss you? I've been driving around looking for you. We told her what happened and she was quiet for a moment. Then she said, Are you guys talking about the older lady? She was standing at this end of the ditch as I drove by looking for you. My aunt was able to describe her height, her race, and the clothes we saw her wearing. The only problem was how could she, an elderly lady, have seemed to make it there to that point of the ditch before us? It was at least two miles of canal. Confused and freaked out, we went inside. We all said we would not be taking that path in the future. This is just one of my stories. I'd love to tell you more. I may write in the others. Feel free to call me. I'm always willing to speak about my experiences now. I'd love the show and listen often as I can. Hello to your wife, Jen. Hope I got the name right. She is pretty awesome. Uh, very explanatory on issues in your show. I hope my story was interesting enough for you. I look forward to hearing more stories on your show. We'd love to hear more of your stories, too. So, yes, please do write in with, with more of those stories. I don't think I'd be taking that shortcut either. That I have to admit, okay, sometimes older people scare me anyway. They do. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. Sometimes they do. And so, I yeah, if I thought... You got to meet... Wait, okay, what do you mean by that? Well, okay. I think... It's, I don't know. Sometimes I just get... Like a disoriented individual? No. Can be troubling? No. I just sometimes feel strange around older people. Okay. Um, you know, I, I either get a good feeling from them or I get a, a kind of sad feeling from them. Okay. I don't know what that correlates to, so... I, well, I think it's interesting because you got to think of this. There's a, a lot of times... We kind of have, once you hit a certain age, I'll say it like this. Once you hit a certain age, it's like everyone just looks at that individual, if they don't know that individual, and goes, oh, what a nice old person or what a, you know, a kind old old man or old woman. Right. Whereas before that age, when in their youth, in their middle years, before they hit elderly, it's like free game to judge that person just by looking at them, mm-hmm. by going, well, that's a really rough character. That probably That's probably not a good person to be around. But once they get elderly, it's like, oh, they're kind and, you know, they're old and cute. It's like it's a free ticket to do anything when you get to be a certain age. And everybody looks at you the same way. So there's plenty of old people that you can get probably... that probably should be giving off bad vibes because there might have been very bad people. Right. I, and, They're just old. And, you know, sometimes I get vibes from people our age, sure. you know, any age. But sure. I I don't know why. I'm, I'm just, I could see that being kind of troubling, though, because half your mind wants to look at the old person going, oh, it's an old person. But... Just with anyone. I mean, you can get negative vibes from anyone. It just happens to be that when they're younger, it's easier to pick up on stereotypes. And it's also easier to, I guess, learn a little bit more about that person. Mm-hmm. You know, but when they're old and elderly. I've never been one of those people that thought, oh, it's an elderly person. So they're automatically safe. You know, I think a lot of people think that way. Yeah, I do. I mean, at least I did for most of my life. I mean, it's just kind of how it goes through your mind. But. You know, and I think that's almost a really kind of a true test of someone who is able to pick up vibes from people and, you know, good and bad feelings mm-hmm. is go to a nursing home. Yeah. And, and I mean, this would be a horrible, I mean, I don't think you could ever really conduct this sort of an experiment, but get a lineup of 10 elderly people that all look just like 
you know, they're wearing sweaters and they're eating little Debbies. You know, that's because that's what I think of when I think of a kind old. That's my great grandma. She's wearing a sweater and eating little Debbies. Get 10 old people. Sweaters. Little Debbies. Mm-hmm. Don't know the backgrounds of them. Mix them up, though. Have some that are felons. Have some murderers in there. Have some kind-hearted, you know, nice family people. You're and... not going to just randomly get that mix in no, there No, but I'm saying in the, uh, in, in this is the Tony experiment. In Tony Land, this is what I would in do. In Tony Land. Okay. So get the mix of everything in there, okay? You mm-hmm. got serial killer. You got cat lady. You got mom of eight, you know, and a great mom her whole life. And then just every type of person. And then have someone who's sensitive to that, not knowing the backgrounds, go and pick the negative ones out. Yeah. I think it'd be an interesting experiment. It would be an interesting experiment. The only thing that gets confusing with elderly people is if you did go to a nursing home, people that even if they were a good person, if they're dealing with something horrible, you can get all kinds of different vibes off it like if they're dealing with alzheimer's that can oh sure yeah that's the whole spectrum up yeah because they're in such a a depressed state you know and the frustration of it because my grandma had that and she got so frustrated by it and i mean she was a woman who i think probably did suffer from depression in in real life Mm -hmm. you know undiagnosed but um for the most part in the years of her being my grandma um she was a pretty happy person, you know, for the most part. I can't, she did kind of find the negative in a lot of things, but but she was my grandma. I mean, we would laugh. We kind of had a similar kind of dark sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that kicked in, she got so frustrated just because she knew what was going on. I mean, she knew what was going on within her, and that's what, you know, it just pulled her down. So I could see that screwing up the experiment a little bit okay that's okay that's one of the factors that we can't throw into the experiment okay. they have to be all in fairly there. decent health fairly decent decent health okay someday we'll conduct that experiment um, whenever that's <laughs> legal yeah <laughs> right never but uh, I'm seriously it'd be an interesting one to conduct mm-hmm. it would be all right, the phone number to call with your real ghost stories, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call in, share your real ghost story. We would love to hear it. Something we talked about on the show uh, not that long ago. Um, it's a touchy topic, but it's one that I, I think bears having a conversation about just because of what our show covers, ghost stories. Uh, very, very sacred grounds, the grounds of the World Trade Center uh, and and where the two towers uh, once stood. Um, In so many cases, when we hear of horrific tragedy and sudden unexpected deaths, you have a lot of hauntings. And one would almost have to assume that on those grounds, you would have a lot of energy and a lot of hauntings uh, of some sort um, going on uh, at that that moment in time. And a listener sent in to us a link to a news story um, about some of the sounds that are coming from uh, One World Trade Center um, and also uh, some of the, the EVPs that have been picked up. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, uh, there's apparently been an eerie hum that's been going through the grounds of World Trade Center, One World Trade Center, 
for the past couple of years. And, and you can use your judgment on this. And I'll, I'll tell you what my opinion is here in just a moment, but I'll let you take a listen to the sound. Uh, it's, it's something that's being picked up on windy days. So take that into consideration, number one. Um, and it's just a loud, continuous wailing or screaming uh, sound that, that people are hearing around the area of One World Trade Center, which is still very much an active construction site with a lot of places for wind tunnels to be created and for sounds to be made by wind. But nonetheless, considering what the grounds are and what the sound sounds like, you be the judge. Here's the sounds that uh, folks are, are reporting hearing. This is uh, caught on camera by someone. So when you hear that that sound in just a continuous fashion for hours and hours and hours on end, it's eerie. I mean, it's an eerie sound to have constantly coming around an area that is what it is. Um, I'm going to have to go with saying, though, because of the circumstances of where, when people are hearing it, it's not happening on non-windy days. It's only, and it's not happening in just windy days. It's happening on very windy days. Okay. And that's, like Hurricane Sandy days? That's well, actually, yeah. In one part of the story, it said that um, it really picked up on Hurricane Sandy day. Okay. So it seems the more intense the wind is, the louder the hum is. That just sounds to me like it's wind. And I think I would say on that one, we just have to accept it's wind. I think it's almost disrespectful to start going, oh, that's ghosts, because it's, on, on in this case, sure for the wind because it's like this is very obviously not it something paranormal. It's it's like a psychological haunting for lack sure. of a better term because of, you know what happened there. Yeah, and it's an eerie sound. Mm-hmm. So you you and you're it's like yeah it's like constantly walking around with creepy background music. Yeah, you know. Yeah, over a, a, a very dark site. So. I think it's just wind. I, I think that one is. But you have some information on uh, something that's not just wind. No, this is from The Examiner in 2012, uh, articles by Billy Peel. And I'll just read it. And uh, there is an EVP attached. I don't know if you want to play it. I personally don't want to hear it. I want to play it. I know you want to play it. And I'll take my headphones off so you can play it for everybody. But I'll read the article. On September of 2012, the examiner listened to and documented possible voices from those that had lost their lives from the attack and collapse of the World Trade Center that occurred on 9-11. The technique that was used to find their voices was thorough and extensive audio analysis of audio files that had been recorded that day. Highly experienced in the field of audio analysis, I find EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon, or spirit voices from audio files that I are recorded in different locations. I see myself as probably one of the most, I'm sorry, I see myself as probably one of the very best audio analysts in the field and can find EVPs from virtually any audio that is recorded in any location. The whole methodology that is used in capturing these ghostly voices can yield some terribly frightening and eerie, to say the least, spirit voices that some skeptics may appear to be quite unbelievable. 
but the fact is finding audio EVPs of the deceased is considerably easier than capturing a ghost in a photo or hardly that uncommon if you know how to do it. Many documentaries, live film telecasts on the scene, news coverage, and just everyday average video enthusiasts or onlookers film the horrible, epic event that unfolded on 9-11. Each of them recorded video and audio near or at the scene prior to or after the towers collapsed. This particular audio examined was recorded from a filmed documentary of some firemen that had been at the scene either inside the towers or outside. And I think you and I have both seen this documentary. Yeah, that was the one where um, they were actually in the buildings as they went down. Yeah, it was a French film crew that was following them around. Throughout the audio analyzed, there is EVP spirit voices captured of those who had passed. From in-depth analysis of the original audio and with the highly trained ears of the EVP specialist, male and female voices were found in areas where there should have been no one speaking. Audio that was not obvious during uh, audio that was not obvious during the original broadcasting. The thought of including the EVPs in this article had occurred to me, but some of the voices, if not all, were very pronounced and clear to a certain extent. The families that may be related to those souls that passed on that horrific day may be affected by hearing the voice of their loved one. So a decision was made not to post them as a voice may be recognizable. However, I did choose one EVP and put it into a video for you to listen to. It is included in this article. One thing that may lend some comfort and closure to the families of those lost on 9-11 is that all the audio EVPs captured relayed the same message. They were unaware they had parted as it all went very quickly for them. There is some, there is a more confused tone in their voices captured than any recognition of pain or suffering they may have felt. To them, as is obvious from in the audio, they knew there was a problem, were confused, but all seemed completely unaware they had died. One male voice after the towers collapse was captured near a fireman being filmed whom was totally oblivious to the male spirit speaking to him. The voice said, please help me, somebody pull me. Another was of a woman whose body was found in the debris from the collapsed towers. The searchers had noted the body they found was female, but speculation went on amongst the rescuers rescuers over whether she was pregnant or just bloated. In the midst of their deciding, you can hear a woman faintly say, I am pregnant. There was not a woman present in the area when they performed that particular search. Later, women joined the search. Safety was a big factor for all. Most captured voices just asked for help as if they did not realize they had passed and just needed someone to assist them. The audio was incredibly sad to listen to and to analyze. This profession can be very unpleasant at times, but it has to be done and done correctly by a professional to prove once and for all We do not just die, and there is never an end to us. To the families of those whose lives have been lost on 9-11, I hope they find some comfort plus solace in knowing it went very quickly for them, and they are all fine now and still very much with us. That was a very well-written article by... Who was it that did that? Uh, the person that wrote it's name is Billy Peel. Okay. And um, I don't know if she is always writing for the examiner but mm-hmm. she's listed as a paranormal and haunted examiner mm-hmm. author yeah i mean in one 
way, you know, you, you hear that story and it's kind of disturbing to think of all of these EVPs that are popping up because these were the EVPs that were popping up on the video literally as the event was unfolding. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a first where you're, you're getting EVPs literally as people are passing. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, I can see that where you can almost be somewhat comforted to know that, okay, even though they did pass, they're communicating still. And that kind of shows some proof that there is something out there, that there's another side. I wonder how long it takes them before they realize that they are gone. Because obviously yeah. when they're speaking and these EVPs, they, they haven't realized yet what has happened. Mm-hmm. And I just, I hope somebody that dies that suddenly and that tragically, that they don't always kind of go in limbo not knowing that they're dead. Yeah. You got to wonder, because I, I, you almost have to think you know, with the energy was it just at that moment in time that it was going to be so you know large and, and so heavy with so many people does that kind of eventually fade away and fade down as the events ended and the years have passed well I don't know what I was thinking when I read this was that if we had somebody write in and, and explain to us at least one theory that the older the ghost is, that the energy fades away. And that's mm-hmm. why we don't see ghosts from a very long time ago. So as new as that could be, that's going to be the most amount of energy possible. So I don't even think it's a collective energy. I think it's an energy from each individual soul. Sure. I wonder, I mean, what if there's strength in, num- strength in numbers there? I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but... You know, like have, they amplify each other, yeah, exactly, and make it easier to to project because there was so much of it right there at one given time. I don't know. You know, I, and I'm not saying that to be silly. I'm serious. I mean, strength in numbers is sad as that was at that moment, and is if that would help to amplify an EVP or multiple EVPs as what they captured. I'm going to play back the one. If you want to take your headphones off, if you don't want to hear it, that's fine. Uh, here comes the EVP that uh, they released, uh, and you can take a listen. This is an EVP from a spirit voice uh, from that 9-11 tape. It says, please help me, somebody pull me. And this is courtesy of Getty Images, Billy Peel. It's very hard to hear. If you can make that out, kudos to you. It's hard to... I'll play one more time. I'm going to turn the volume up on it, too. One more time on this. You can kind of make that out. Is it safe for me to put It's my- safe to put your headphones back on. It is... I, I personally, I, I, I get it because I saw what they said it said, mm-hmm. um, which is the case a lot of times in EVPs, but I've heard a lot clearer EVPs before. Well, but, yeah. you know, uh, 
the person analyzing it had all kinds of equipment in front of them yeah, too. Yeah, that's interesting that they even picked that up. Is mm-hmm. I mean, when you're analyzing that, I, I'd be interested to talk to Billy about that. I mean, that, that we should look into getting Billy on the show sometime and talking about how they go about uh, analyzing EVPs. I mean, I know a bit about audio production and how to listen for things and, and pull things out, but... That's really, that's a hard one. So obviously something caught her attention there to to be able to pick that particular moment out. I think I would have completely missed it. I just, I didn't want to hear it. There's things you can't unhear, and I know it would bother me. Sure. The phone number to call if you have a real ghost story. We would love to hear it. The phone number is uh, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. And if anyone has any more, I've, I've, a lot of people have sent us a lot of articles on this, on the uh, the 9-11 topic. Um, and there has been other folks I know who have uh, written some, some small pieces here and there. But uh, if you have anything you'd like to contribute to that topic, uh, we can bring it up again on a, a future episode here at Real Ghost Stories Online. So, that all being said, that wraps up another edition of Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, please like us on uh, Facebook, send us some tweets, send us your stories, and of course, uh, give us some love over there on iTunes and Stitcher, some stars, some reviews, all that helps us grow, gets us more followers, and gets us more great Real Ghost Stories to share with you every single week. So, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.